John chapter 4, verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Father, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you, and we bless you. We thank you for your blessed holy word and the anointing upon that word. We thank you for our ears to hear it our hearts to receive it, and our minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We thank you for utterance in the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. We thank you for spiritual freedom, dear Father, in a free country. We thank you that we have the freedom to worship, praise, pray, speak, teach your word without fear of retribution or reprisal. We thank you for spiritual and natural freedom. We thank you that we have freedom in this country to do and say the things that we're allowed to say. We thank you again, Father, that we consider it a privilege, and we consider it a privilege to be your vessels upon this earth, to speak your word and to teach it. We thank you for that privilege. Now, Father, as we enter in and join and study your word, we thank you for revelation, heart knowledge of it. Father, we... we want to go further than just uh, scratching the surface. We want to dig deep into your word and find out revelation, heart, truth that we can live by and teach and encourage and help those who are without the word. We thank you. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for your word, the anointing upon it. We thank you, Father, that our faith doesn't stand in man's wisdom, but in your power, the power of the living God. When we speak, we speak as of the oracles of God, the very mouths and sayings of God. When we minister, we minister with the ability of God. So we thank you for that privilege. We thank you for the responsibility. We accept it and we'll continue to study your word, to show ourselves approved unto you workmen that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We honor you and glorify you today and we bless you in Jesus' name. Praise God. Well, there's a lot of good-hearted, honest, sincere Christian people that fall short in the area of praise and worship. And it's, it's not always their fault, necessarily. You know, I, I'm not one that likes to point blame to somebody else and make excuses. There's enough people that do that nowadays. Nothing's ever their fault. But in this particular situation, when we talk about worship and praise... Uh, there hasn't been a lot of excellent teaching on it. There's been some teaching, some good teaching. We got a lot of good teaching when we were at Bible school on, on worship and praise and a lot of good examples. And we can see it. And if you watch other uh, ministries and other uh, things, if you watch them, you, whether you watch them on TV or you go to other churches or whatever, you see that there's good worship but and there's good praise. And there's all different forms of it. People do in, in different things, and it's different parts of the service and things. And, and really, the, the key to the whole thing is he, he says the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Well, spirit is one thing. We understand what that is. It says God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You know, it, it's not... Well, maybe we can, or maybe we can just do it in the flesh and 
you know, I've heard people say, just start out in the flesh and you'll end up in the spirit. You know, I, I don't know. That's hard for me to do. I want to be in the spirit from the beginning. But, I mean, you might have to do that. Jump out there in faith and, and, and enter in. It, it, it's Everybody's different. But because of a lack of, of teaching and study on it, some people just fall short in that area. And, and it's not just singing, you know, a, a few songs at the beginning of a service or at the end or, or whenever. It's not just listening to praise music and, and singing along with it. It, it. it has to be in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. And, and the word truth, of course, is aletheia. We've, we've discussed that before. It's 225 in the Strong's. It's derived from a negative, ah, and lanthano, to be hidden, to escape notice. Aletheia is the opposite of fictitious, feigned or false. So if we're going to worship in truth, it has to be truth. It denotes veracity, reality, sincerity, accuracy, integrity, truthfulness, dependability, and propriety. Propriety meaning, you know, there, there's one area and, and one that we worship. You know, God said, you won't have any other gods before me. So our worship should be directed to him. We, we don't need to worship uh, athletes or movie stars or ball players or angels or, or, you know, houses or cars or anything like that. Our worship, he has propriety over our worship. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He desires it. He wants it in spirit and in truth only. Why? Because he's a spirit. He is spirit, it says here. And he is truth. What do you mean? Well, if you look at John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus said it pretty clearly here. I don't know a better way to say it or a better way to, to, to just sum it up. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we know that. We're born again into the family of God by accepting Jesus as our Savior, making him the Lord of our life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he's truth. God is truth. Jesus said, sanctify them. When he's talking about his disciples, talking about us. Sanctify them. Set them apart by your word, for your word is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the living word. So God is truth. He's a God of truth. So he wants to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. It says the Father seeks such to worship him. Well, you know, we, we saw the word for truth. We, we talked about it, aletheia. Uh, worship, you know, the, that word is kicked around. Some people... Uh, some people think that it's one thing. Some people think that it's another. Listen to the actual Greek definition for that. The word in and of itself is proskuneo, 
Strong's 4352, from pros, which means toward, and kuneo, to kiss. Kiss toward, to, to prostate oneself, bow down, do obeisance, show reverence, do homage, worship, and adore. So, to worship, we have to be prostrated on the pro, prostrated on the floor. No. In the New Testament, the word especially denotes homage rendered to God and the ascended Christ. All believers have a one-dimensional worship to the only Lord and Savior. A proprietary worship. We do not worship angels, saints, shrines, relics, or religious personages. And that could be anything, religious personages. You know, we some people have set up, like I said, movie stars and athletes. And, you know, to some people, the Academy Awards presentation is more important than, you know, anything on earth. It's a one-time-a-year thing where they give each other awards, pat each other on the back. That's ridiculous. It says it right there. It's the Academy. The Academy of what? The Academy of the people that give out the awards to each other. You know, ball players the same way. You know, fans vote people into the all-star games in these, these, you know, leagues in baseball. And not, not football, but in baseball and basketball, I think that, you know, the, the players vote for each other in football and basketball. But, you know, it's just back padding, basically, saying how wonderful everybody is. People put more stock in that than the worship of the living God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Life. The life. Look at John chapter 1. I know we go over this a lot. We read this a lot. We talk about it a lot, but it's worth it. We've got to get it in our heart. He thought a lot of this when it was canonized and when it was put in this order. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Without Him, nothing was made that was made to Him. In Him, rather, was life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. Comprehend is the word katalmakbano in the Greek. I'm glad we don't have to speak that language. You know, I like the word comprehend. I can pronounce that. Katalmakbano is the word. It's Strong's 2638. The word is capable of three interpretations. To seize, lay hold of, overcome. The darkness does not gain control of it. The second one is to perceive, attain, lay, lay hold of with the mind, to apprehend with mental or moral effect. With this meaning, the verse could be translated, the darkness is unreceptive and does not understand it. And we know that. And the third one is to quench, extinguish, snuff out the light by stifling it. 
the darkness will never be able to eliminate it. Thank God. No amount of darkness, and we've talked about this before, no amount of darkness will ever stifle the light. You can come into this church building at night and it's dark in here. And even with the lights around the community, you can't see much. But all you have to have, even if you had a little match or one of those toy flashlights that people have, you know, that on their keychain or anything. You can see anything you need to see. Walk down the aisle, go, go up and down. The darkness will never eliminate the light. He says, Jesus' life in his life is the light of men. And because of it, because of that, and much more, of course, we owe him worship and thanksgiving. We owe him worship and thanksgiving. But the problem, the gray area is, because we owe him that, we've got to figure out how to do this, right? We've got to do it in the flesh. Well, no, we're, we're living in fleshly bodies, but how do we do it in the spirit? Let's look at some examples. We use the Psalms for our examples a lot because you know those are written songs of worship and praise. So we can rely on that. And, and one great minister said one time, you shouldn't just be praising the Psalms all the time because that's somebody else's praise. Well, I can understand what he meant, but... Words are words, right? Nobody has a proprietary use of, of words, you know, unless there's a copyright to it. I don't see any copyright to the Psalms. I don't see anybody that, uh, you know, like, like John Osteen said, he, all his stuff it has a copyright on it. That means you have the right to copy it. So in other words, you know, he... He wasn't holding any of, the, any of his material or any of his messages for himself or to try to, you know, to, to sell. He said, you have the right to copy any of my material. <coughs> Psalms are the same thing. We can look at this and learn and understand. Look at Psalm 95. Psalm 95. The heading here says, A call to worship and obedience. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Right there, we've already seen two things. Sing and shout. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to Him with psalms. That word thanksgiving in the Greek is, or I'm sorry, in the Hebrew, we're in the Old Testament. In the Hebrew, it's tada, Strong's 84:26. It's the holiday before Christmas. No, it is that, but that's not in the Hebrew. It says thanks, thanksgiving, adoration, praise. This word is derived from the verb yada, to give thanks. <laughs> To praise, the root of yada is yod or hand. Thus, to thank or praise God is to lift or extend one's hands in thanks to Him. So it's not wrong to lift your hands in the sanctuary. And I won't ever teach that it's wrong, but I mean, you've heard people say, yeah, there's nothing scriptural. Well, right there, 
Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. To lift or extend one hand, one's hands in thanks to him. Tada appears more than 30 times in the Old Testament. A dozen of these in the Psalms. And it's translated in Jeremiah 33:11, the sacrifice of praise. No, and, and we look on. For the Lord, verse 3, the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. And that's above anything that somebody has placed in lordship in their life. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. In his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion or the testing or the provocation. As in the day of trial in the wilderness when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said it is a people who go astray in their hearts. There's that heart thing again. And they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. We owe him that thanksgiving. Psalm 100. A song of praise for the Lord's faithfulness to his people. A psalm of thanksgiving. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. King James says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. To work for, serve, do labor for someone. To be a servant, to worship. From his verbal root, from, from this verbal root comes servant, slave, or labor. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who made us, and not we ourselves. We're the people, his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. That thanksgiving there is the same thanksgiving as the one we just looked at. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. Thank God for his truth. The same word, the same thanksgiving word there. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And it's good to enter into prayer with thanksgiving and worship. We should be doing it. We should be doing it. The Psalms are examples. And like I said, words are words. You know, should we copy the Psalms? Well, are they somebody else's? Let's look at a couple of things, just, just briefly, and, and we'll see, I think, We'll see a couple of examples that will help us. In Psalm 34, for example, verse 1. Psalm 34. We can see, and if you go through this psalm, and you make this your own, it'll, 
you know, it'll stop you in one place here, and I'll show you. It begins, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, this is a psalm of David. Can we not say that? Well, yes, we can. We can praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. There's nothing wrong with repeating that, is there? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me, delivered me from all my fears. That's true for all of us. They looked to him and were radiant. Their faces were not ashamed. And here's where we draw a line, right here. It says, this poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. <clears throat> well, I'd rather not say that. I don't want to call myself poor. This poor man cried out. So we could just lift out that poor and say, this man cried out, and the Lord heard him, saved him out of all his troubles. If you make that your own, you want to take that poor out of there. And then it goes on. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with the rest of it. The angel Lord encamps around all those who fear him and delivers them. Fear meaning not being scared of him, but reverentially, reverentially respects and trusts him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord. Trust him. Respect him. Reverence him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There's no want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger. Those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Although we don't want to confess that we're poor, we can, we can make that, those first ten verses or the rest of it, we can make that our own. We're not plagiarizing somebody else's psalm. Here's another example. Over in, a page or so over in Psalm 37. Verse 25. Now this isn't exactly a psalm of praise. All 40 verses are, are, are uh, actually making statements. But this one right here, this statement, it says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. That's a statement made by the writer of the psalm, who is David. You know, I've been young, now I'm old. Everybody can't make that statement. Some people are still young. I mean, you can read that psalm, but you, you wouldn't want to make it a psalm of praise in your daily praise. I've been young, now I'm old. You know, I'm 18 years old, I'm 23 years old, I'm 30 years old. No, everybody isn't. Some of us could make that ours, but... You know, I haven't seen the righteous forsaking or his forsaken or his descendants begging bread. You could you could make that yours by just saying, well, "I'm still young, and I still haven't seen the righteous forsaking, forsaken or his descendants begging bread." So th this is the example that we we see the Psalms as our examples, but we don't have to use them word for word. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with using them as a guide in, in praise and worship. You know, if you look over at Psalm 144, there's some things to incorporate here. We, won't, we wouldn't want to incorporate the entire thing. The writer is David. He says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. 
my loving kindness and my fortress, my high tower and my deliverer, my shield and one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. We're not at war with people. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're New Testament believers, right? But against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in the heavenlies. And then he goes on and talks to the Lord here. He says, Lord, what is man should take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you're mindful of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Bow down your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains and they'll smoke. See, we can understand some things. Psalm 145, he starts out, I will extol you, my God, O King. I'll bless your name forever and ever. Every day I'll bless you, and I'll praise your name forever and ever. That can be ours. You can make that yours. In fact, we want to. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I'll meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I'll declare your greatness. They'll utter the memory of your great goodness, shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord's gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord's good to all, his tender mercies are over all his works. We make that our own. And you go right on to the end of the book. I mean, he, he's got worship and praise from every aspect. Psalm 147. Praise the Lord. For it's good to sing praises to our God. It's pleasant. Praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. Binds up their wounds. Counts the number of the stars. Calls them all by name. Great is our Lord. Mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. He goes on down. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, those who hope in his mercy. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. He's strengthened the bars of your gates. He's blessed your children within you. That's the God that we serve, and that's the one that we praise, and that's the one that we worship. He makes peace in your borders, fills you with the finest wheat. Psalm 148, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you stars of light, praise him you heavens of heavens, you waters above the heavens, let him praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created, he created them, he established them forever and ever made a decree that they'll not pass away. And right on down through, Psalm 150. You know, we, we praise that all the time. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty firmament. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet, with a lute and harp, timbrel and dance, stringed instruments and flutes, loud cymbals, clashing cymbals. Let everything that's still breathing praise the Lord. What about changing the word, though? What about changing it? Are you changing the word if you make that your own? Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at this. <clears throat> People get in fear about things. And... Verse 17. Jesus said, 
Don't think that I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I didn't come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you. Till heaven and earth shall pass away. One jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law. Till all is fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments. Teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does and teaches them. He shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you'll by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You don't have to worry about changing the word. You're not changing the word. You're not teaching something incorrectly. You're praising and worshiping and using psalms as your guide. It's no worse than singing a song that somebody else wrote. And we do that every week. There's very few songs that we've written on our own. Some people write all the praise and worship for their ministry. So we're not changing the word. We, we're worshiping in spirit and in truth. What are we going to be doing for eternity? Well, read Re the book of Revelation sometime. Here's a couple things. And I guarantee you, this won't change. Revelation chapter 4. Everybody is in fear to read the book of Revelation. Not everybody, but a lot of people back off. They don't understand. I don't understand it. This doesn't take any, any special understanding here. This says, verse 10, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, You're worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things. By, you, by your will they exist and were created. That word worship in the, in the Greek, proskuneo, from pros, which is toward, and kuneo, to kiss. Remember, we just, just went over that. To prostrate, prostrate oneself, bow down, do obeisance, show reverence, do homage and worship, and adore. Then over in Revelation chapter 7. No. no, you're fine. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, all the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. 
So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger anymore nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. A great multitude is all the redeemed out of all people, groups throughout all of history. <clears throat> White robes and palm branches symbolize righteousness and victory. The ones who came out literally means a present part is a present participle expressing a continuous and repeated action, not a once for all action. This is not a post-consummation picture. Therefore, tribulation is to some degree taking place throughout the entire church age. And we've got reference after reference after reference for that. The great tribulation describes the acceleration and intensification of troublesome times as this age comes to an end, climaxing with the rapture and second coming. Made them white represents the imputed righteousness of God. And the Lamb... For the lamb is in the midst of them, is the shepherd. Same shepherd as Psalm 23. All of you have studied Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down green pastures, leads me to beside the still waters, restores my soul, leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. You're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a table for me, presence my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Same shepherd. The lamb is the shepherd. Same one in John 10. Same shepherd. What Jesus say in there? John chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door climbs up some other way, same as a thief and a robber. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's the Greek word poimen, Strong's 4166, a herdsman, sheep herder, one who tends, leads, guides, cherishes, feeds, and protects a flock. The New Testament uses the word for a Christian pastor to whose care and leadership others will commit themselves. The term is applied metaphorically to Christ. To him the doorkeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things when he spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, 
but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. We'll go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Thank God. We see it also in Hebrews chapter 13. Paul's closing this letter. Don't have it. I didn't give it to you. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And we see it too in 1 Peter chapter 2. And we always look at verse 24, right? Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray. But now I've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Thank God. He's our great shepherd. But you know what? He expects worship and praise and thanksgiving. There's power in perfected praise and worship. Look at Luke chapter 17. We've looked at this before. We'll close with this. We don't have to look just in the Psalms to see he's desirous of our praise. We're created to praise, to worship, for fellowship with him. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off and they lifted up their voices and said master have mercy on us they acknowledged him as master so when he saw them he said to them go show yourselves to the priests so it was as they went they were cleansed as they obeyed his instruction they were cleansed they were healed and one of them when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. So he expected thanksgiving for that it's required of us some people are impolite in every aspect of life you know they, they never say thanks they never say it from their heart when they do say it Jesus expects it God is spirit he, he expects to be worshipped thanked and praised in spirit and in truth and there's power 
in perfected praise and worship when it comes from the heart true worship true, true praise true thanksgiving there's true Holy Ghost power in that it's the highest form of prayer and it's there for us Psalm 22 verse 3 says you're holy enthroned in the praises of Israel the King James says inhabitest the he you inhabitest the praises of Israel he's enthroned he's entrenched in the praises of Israel we're spiritual Israel that's us he's talking about so we need to study it we need to understand it we need to get it in our heart and it has to come out of our heart not just in the flesh you, you can do things in the flesh from your heart but if it's just flesh it's not spirit and it's not truth so we thank God for the privilege to study his word and understand praise and worship and thanksgiving Father we love you we praise you, we thank you, and we bless you. We thank you for the examples that we see in your word. We thank you that we can make some of this our own. Or better yet, we can praise you right out of our heart. Just giving out what's in there. In our love and thanksgiving and praise for you. It doesn't matter what somebody else thinks or if they think it's strange. If it's coming from our heart in love for you, then it's powerful. It's spirit and it's truth. So we thank you for these definitions of what truth is, what our great shepherd is, why we need to worship and praise. We're going to be doing it for eternity. We need to understand how to do it now. The time is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. For you seek such to worship him, for you are spirit. You seek such to worship you. We thank you, we praise you, and we bless you. Father, we love you. We'll not go through the motions just because it's that time in the service or that time of day or whether we should do it. We know we're expected to do it. And we're going to do it properly in spirit and in truth. Thank you for the privilege of seeing examples. Thank you for the understanding of it. Thank you for revelation knowledge. We honor you and glorify you and bless you. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Shall we stand?